Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. We are coming to you live from the VU Studios, the Aces Media Day. Demond Cotton is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I also have Willie Ramirez with me, who's going to be doing a, a co-field and company. He'll be on that show a little bit later on on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. But he's been here grinding all morning, uh, talking to multiple players, talking to coach. And, again, it's Aces Media Day. Uh, we were at this, not this same exact location, but we were at Aces Media Day last year. And then, well, talked to a bunch of players, and they went on to their run won the championship, and so we're here a year later. And, Willie, let's just start off on top, man. Just how has today been in this cool little VU Studios? It's, it's really – I don't want to say even an upgrade because, you know, the Mandalay Bay was awesome, but this has just been really nice. Well, it was, it was – I think it was a smart move because a lot of the the, the – the convention rooms and uh, rooms that we saw over there, they had to create these studios. Right. For here, they can go right to their photo shoot. They can go right to the different rooms they need to do, whether it's a Zoom room or they have an ESPN studio set up for uh, with Holly Rowe. So they're yeah. getting a lot of things done that they probably would have got done there, but what they ha- would have had to build from scratch. We're here. We're at actual studios. So this is really dope. I, I like this. It is. It is. I-, I didn't know what to expect when I walked in, and then I see, you know, just looking through these windows and see that uh, they have an opportunity. To, to do a video they have their the whole camera set up and different outlets have been here just checking them out and talking to the players has been really nice now over your right shoulder in front of me is gm natalie williams i'm not going to tell anything or spill the beans but I would highly suggest you get your tickets for the home opener because everybody loves the intro. The last two years have been absolutely wild. And yeah. they, they all get into it. You look around, you see the crowd dancing. From what I've been told, and I don't know everything, but I do know that this year is going to be <laughs> it's special. called a tease. So yeah, yeah. So it's going to be. She she definitely teased me, and that's why we're all getting kicked out of here at a certain time because they're going to be filming the intro today. Well, I'm going to be the guy here watching through the window and doing the show at the same time, and you know, seeing so you'll what I know. seeing what. Well, you know, I ain't going to know what I'm. I'm going to know what they're going to let me know, <laughs> and that's about it. But actually, I think she's doing her best GM duties ever right now yeah. as a Auntie Nat. Yes, Auntie. That is in full effect right now, but uh, this is just like I said, a really good event, and, and you can you know tell from the different conversations we've had with Coach Hammond or uh, you know Chelsea Gray or Kelsey Plum that we've had, and you'll hear those conversations later on the show today. They're all locked in, ready to go, man. They're they ready are. for another season. You've seen the you know the preseason game against uh, the Liberty, and so they're, they're ready for it all to get started. They are, and, and they've really downplayed last year. It's sort of in yeah, the view mirror. No matter how much right. I've been trying to yeah. pump it up, they've yeah. been trying to download no, it. No. They're down, no, downplay they, it, yeah. They, they may be excited for uh, you know home opener to get their rings and everything, right. but for the most part, it's all about being dialed in, locked in. And, you know, as, as Natalie Williams and I were just talking about off the air, you know, we were just chit-chatting about the fact that last year was special, the bonds, the chemistry yeah. Becky's first year sort of having that 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 mindset that she brought from the NBA right. to sort of keeping egos in check and getting uh, personalities together this year She's got a lot of the same group, but you bring in someone like Candace Parker, you bring in someone like Alicia Clark, these are women that have won championships yeah. and then been on the same team the next year. They already know what to expect the right. second year. So 
Becky's going to sort of have an extension of what she wants in the locker room to keep everybody in check and to keep everyone poised when they go through a lull, if that happens. Right. So, um, yeah, the maturity has been really impressive this year. No, or it, today. Right. Me. No, it, it really has. And it's funny just talking to, you know, different ladies, depending on who you're talking to, you'll get a different answer about being the hunted. And, you know, one like KP doesn't believe that that's really a thing, right? No. And then Coach Hammond's like, well, it's a thing, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's just it's yeah. interesting to hear the different views, though, of, of the, how it feels now going into a season knowing that, hey, you are the defending champion. Right. No matter how you try to downplay it, that's who you are. Right, and and, and you, you're going to have the target on your back, but KP's mindset is going to have that, that dog mentality, yeah. right? I tried to get her to bark. I know. <laughs> she, uh, and she said, no, no, no. I want to be the hunter, right? right? So, yep. I mean, everybody's got their own mindset, but that's what's great about this collective group is it comes together as one and it works. You know what I mean? The directive is one thing when they step and the ball goes up, they all may have their individual approach, right? but collectively as one, the same goal. And, and that's what's great about, you know, having so many veterans and having so many, so many people on the right page and the chemistry that they have off the court, right. in the locker room. And that's why a lot of the players wanted to come to Vegas. You know, I wanted to ask you, because you've been you know, around, you've been covering the team for a long time, you're at you know, all the games and everything. You talked about that, that chemistry that they have. To be able to have that chemistry and now have their own facilities as well, how much more can that help bond, that build that bond that is the team chemistry? Well, I think the facility obviously is going to – it, it brings uh, – Because this could be a hangout, right? Yeah, it could be somewhere exactly. where you go, say. you go to go yeah. and, and, and do your work. Right, and if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, it's, it's plush, right? With the, yeah. They have the, the film room. They have a lounge, you right. know, that, where they can hang out, watch TV, play video games. Uh, the workout room, they just, you know, as Becky said, as Candace Parker said, like first time she talked about it on Draymond Green's podcast, it was like, I've never had a place to go. I've never had a place to, to my own. Right. And, she, and we're talking about one of the – you know, longest running right. veterans. So just to, if they want to go 24 seven to go shoot the ball, if yep. they want to go work out, if they want to get a sauna in, get a cold plunge, whatever it is, they now have a place that they can call their own. Right. And when you have build bonds and you build the chemistry, like they, these ladies are going to build that helps. It's it, right. it all it translates together. on the court. It, oh, major no big doubt. time. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a game changer, but here's the thing. Normally, you, we hear that for contenders, like, hey, this is the game changer. This is where it's going to take us to the right. – we're talking about the champs. Right, right. The game changer means, hey, it's time to repeat. Right. Who was it that we were talking to before? And said, we, it was Chelsea Gray, yeah. and she said, it's been how many years since there's been a repeat champion? Right, it's not easy. There, there's not a, easy. A lot of the components you need to build that dynasty – Yep. The aces have in place. They do have it, and they're going to be challenged, and they're going to get everybody's best game because they're going to want to knock off the, the defending champions, and that's just – I mean, that's the nature of the beast. That's exactly what they all sign up for, and that's what they're excited about, right? Yeah. And you can see, like I said, just being around the ladies for a few hours now that we've been here, I can just see the excitement on their faces, and, and they're ready to get to work. And you know Kayla George is happy because she's got a built-in babysitter right here with, <laughs> with – Kayla's walking by us uh, – yeah, another newcomer to the team from Australia. So yeah, it, it, Q, it's a um, it you you really can feel the anticipation and the excitement and the exuberance that the, that the ladies have right now. There's no doubt about it. And so we've talked to multiple ladies uh, so far here today. We've collaborated on a few. Had a couple one on ones. Coach Becky Hammond was someone that I talked to. Uh, Kelsey Plum and Willie. We uh, we we all kind of collaborated on that one. Chelsea Gray. We collaborated on Kirsten Bell. We collaborated on. So we've been busy this morning. You talked to Candace Parker earlier. So yeah. you'll have that on Kofi. Field and Company as well. What was your biggest, I guess, what was 
be your biggest takeaway so far from today as uh, they're going to get going on some other things. And I'm going to be rocking till 5 o'clock here. I know you're going to be on Cofield and Com- Company sooner or later. That, but what was your like biggest takeaway from everything? I think the biggest takeaway so far, the other day before the game, we had Alicia Clark pregame, and then today with CP, uh, Candace Parker, is – these are women that, like I said, they're accomplished in this mm-hmm. league. Like, they can retire right. to, and be like, okay, we've done it. We've right. done everything that everyone wants to – is how excited they are to be in Las Vegas. Yeah. It's kind of like when the Golden Knights came, right? Mm-hmm. And then and they went to the Stanley Cup final. And then all of a sudden, the next two years, Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee, they went out and got all these – Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, uh, Paul Stastny, all these guys that they brought in. They were like, this is the place that everyone wants to come. Right. That's how it is with the Aces now. Yeah. This is the place that people want to come to retire. I, I get that from – I felt the, that. Honestly, Willie, I felt that when I got here, right? Yeah. I felt that when – before I even moved here, I thought people want to be in Vegas. Yeah. And you're seeing it from our industry. You're seeing it from the professional sports industry. Yeah. You're seeing it from every – I mean, college players are electing to come here or stay yeah. home instead of leaving. Yeah. I mean, th- there's a lot of people that want to be here right the, now. The other day uh, they, they did a uh, – Candace. they showed a video from Candace Parker – um, and she, she, it was to wish her, her daughter a happy birthday. Yeah. And she talked about raising her daughter here. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. It's, yeah. it, it really is. No doubt. No doubt. Well, Willie, I know that you got some, uh, some other adventures that you're about to jump into. I just wanted to get you on and get a couple minutes, a little bit of recap of what's been going on here today. And I know you'll be handling your business on Cofield and Company 3 I to am. 6 on I our uh, make sure you check us sister out. station. ESPN and not only Las that, Vegas. but make sure you check out my pieces coming up on the Sporting Tribute. I'm about to jump off and talk to my dog, yeah. Raquana Williams Bay. Hey, baby. And, uh, but yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Willie. I appreciate you, my man. Willie's been grinding all morning long. He actually got here before I did and uh, just been part of this uh, this whole media frenzy, media day that we've been having here at the VU Studios. And, again, it's been a, a lot of fun to, to be here and be able to interact with uh, players and coaches. And like I said, you'll hear those conversations throughout the course of the show today, starting with Coach Becky Hammond, Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray, Kirsten Bell, to name a few. We may have a couple in between uh, just jump in as well. So uh, we're going to be here till 5 o'clock. Coming up on the show today, as far as guests that we'll have calling into the show, Adam Hill from the RJ. He's always uh, a good guest to have on. He'll be coming up at 2.30 to talk all things silver and black and tie Take take a look at the the schedule for the Raiders. Take a look at what happened this weekend with rookie minicamp and uh, just give his overall thoughts on, on the team as they are heading into uh, another week, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's May 15th. They're going to have OTAs coming up. There'll be some OTAs that we're actually able to be out at and, uh, you know, attend and, and t- kind of take a look at. So Adam Hill will join us coming up at 2.30. Of course, the report came out earlier from Vic Tafer this morning that Marcus Peters was in town visiting with the Silver and Black, so he'll be involved in the show topic that we have today. But uh, we'll get Adam Hill's thoughts on Marcus Peters at 30 years old, uh, what he believes he still has in the tank. That's coming up at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, former NFL offensive lineman Orlando Franklin uh, spent a long time for the Denver Broncos. He's going to join the show, and I wanted to get him on to talk about the fact that Denver wanted the Raiders. That, that was something that uh, I've heard before, and I heard uh, also Mike Pritchard say this morning on the morning tailgate that they wanted the Raiders week one. They wanted to host the Silver and Black in Denver, start off the Sean Payton era. Of course, they have Jarrett Stidham in the mix there as well. He's the backup to Russell Wilson, but you know he spent all his, his career so far in the NFL with uh, head coach Josh McDaniels as the OC there in New England, and then last year with the Raiders. So, uh, I just want to get Orlando's thoughts, who does radio in Denver right now and obviously is very tied in with that organization. Wanted to get his, his thoughts on what it means to the Broncos to want the Raiders. Like, they wanted them really bad. And we know now that we've seen the schedule, the Raiders open up the season with them and they close the season 
at Allegiant Stadium with them. So uh, Orlando Franklin will join us at 3 o'clock. Plus, former NFL player offensive lineman also want to get his thoughts on just what he's looking at when the schedule drops. You know, similar to what we have done with other, uh, other players that we had, like Harry Douglas last week and more. So Orlando Franklin, former NFL offensive lineman, joins us at 3 o'clock. Then... Sam Gordon from the RJ. It's like the RJ Day, right? It's the RJ Day today here on Unnecessary Roughness. He'll join the show at 3.30. But, uh, Damon, I don't know how much, you, uh, how much you've been paying attention over the weekend, but uh, the, the, your UNLV running Rebels got a big-time commitment on Sunday, on Mother's Day, from DJ Thomas from Liberty. He's a local young man, and that's what I was referring to when I was talking to Willie about uh, there's, there's guys here locally that want to stay here locally now. Uh, his father was a former running Rebel, and uh, now he's, gonna, he's committed to, to Coach Kruger and company. So that was a big-time get. He had so many offers from so many different places, and for Coach Kruger to be able to get him to stay right here in the 702, that was huge. For me, I think I needed him to go ahead and uh, sign that letter real quick because it's not official <laughs> it's until not official. he signs. No, no, and that's... then I think he's also he's he's still a junior, so he would have to reclassify if he wanted to be at UNLV this coming fall. Well, that's so, what he's so... trying, he's trying to do, or at least that's what he's saying that he's talking about doing is reclassifying so he can he can sign on in the fall. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's part of recruiting, man. I mean, it's never official until, uh, you know, the, the ink is on the paper and the, it's all dry and all that. The I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. But, you know, if you, got, if you feel like you've got a pretty good, you know, lock on this situation, you feel pretty good about yourself. So that was a big get that, uh, that, that the Coach Kruger got in DJ Thomas. I love that he's still getting those local kids because we've seen this before in the past coaching regimes that those guys who are the local guys that are five stars – UNLV isn't getting them. So for Coach right. Kruger, he's showing that, hey, he can get those five-star guys, the blue chippers, to stay right here in Vegas. And I am excited. I mean, I want to push it along a little bit further to make sure it's there. Just make sure it's there, you know, right. because that's, that's the only thing that gets me nervous. You know, with NIL, you never know. No, you don't. You don't. Recruiting is a tough game, man, and you've got to start early, and they did. That's the one thing that Sam's piece that he put out on the RJ was really talking about, how they got on they got on DJ early, very early, and they were fully committed to making sure he stayed home and, uh, you know, stayed. 10 toes down with them and that's exactly what you got to do I mean recruiting is not for everybody right it really isn't I mean it's even hard I uh, you know I'll cover it to a certain extent but even then trying to keep up with all the visits and keep up with you know all the contact and how someone's lukewarm on a person or else they're or on a, a program or they're real hot on a program it's always tough man recruiting is a tough tough game so that was a that was a big get from uh, coach Kruger so we'll talk to Sam Gordon coming up at 3.30 about that. Then our good friend Tyler Dragon from USA Today. He'll join us at 4 o'clock to talk just all things NFL in general. Uh, we'll go over schedules. We'll go over camps. We'll go over Quinnen Williams is uh, apparently the defensive lineman for a blank team. He's removed the Jets from his social media, and you know what that means. That means a divorce is on the way when you remove a team from your social media, you know, when you're not that. You're out, Willie? Appreciate you, brother. Willie's on his way to uh, the radio station right now, so uh, many thanks to him. But, yeah, so he's not – He's not happy. Of course, there's other storylines going on in the NFL, and we'll catch up with Tyler Dragon at 4 o'clock uh, with all things NFL. But as I mentioned, you'll hear from Chelsea Gray. You'll hear from Kelsey Plum. You'll hear from Coach Becky Hammond and also Kirsten Bell. Uh, in the meantime, in between time, Holly Rowe from ESPN is around here, so we might get her on. Uh, I see Asia Wilson a little bit to the left of me, so we might be able to get her on in a few minutes when we don't have a guest. But as you can tell, tomorrow we have a very loaded show on this Monday as we start out the week really strong. Funny, believe it or not, I woke up this morning in El Paso, and now I'm here. (laughs) 
<laughs> so there's that. Woke up this morning in El Paso. Cousin Matt had a graduation, so uh, we were in El Paso for the weekend, and uh, yeah. Got on that bird and uh, flew into town and went to the radio station, and boom, we're here. So uh, we're keeping it moving, man. That's what we do around here. So uh, shout-out to all the mothers. Hopefully everyone had a great Mother's Day weekend and celebrated whatever way you you uh, you find fit to celebrate. And uh, I think we had a really good uh, weekend as well. So let's go ahead, and now that you know the guests, Adam Hill, Orlando Franklin, Sam Gordon, and Tyler Dragon, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Pata Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So, jumping into the opening drive, and I mentioned Marcus Peters in town, and of course, uh, that's one of the positions that I've looked at since the Raiders have gone through the draft, and the Raiders have also gone through free agency and signed their players, and you know they're continuing to make moves here and there, and there's going to be a little roster tweaks here. You'll see a guy like you saw uh, Wilkerson, the wide receiver, signed earlier today, and just going to be some minor moves made in between now and uh, the start of training camp. Matter of fact, they signed Christian Wilkerson, and they waived Tyler Johnson. So you're going to see some minor moves like that. They've got to at the 90 or 91 man uh, roster because they have the international player who doesn't actually count against the the roster number so they got to stay there at the 90 so anybody that they bring in anyone that they sign there's always got to be a corresponding move so two things here one do you think that Marcus Peters should be signed by the silver and black that's what I'm throwing out there to you real simple 702-365-9200 and 69187 keyword R&R uh, cornerback is a position that I've been looking at thinking you know what maybe it needs to be addressed I know that Marcus is about 30 now and he's been injured a little bit uh, played last season coming back from that torn ACL uh, still a heck of a player he's had a lot of production in this league so uh, you know he, he could be a, an asset but I want to throw it out there to you and ask what you think at 69187 keyword R&R don't be text line should the Raiders sign Marcus Peters and then part two of this the Raiders had six interceptions in 2022 I heard Vinny talking about Marcus earlier this morning and Vinny said that since what 2019 he's at 15 he's at 15 interceptions and three three uh, taken back for touchdowns in that small period of time and remember he missed a lot of time because he had the torn ACL so the Raiders had six interceptions as a team in 2022 what do you believe that target number should be in 2023 I think we all understand that turnovers have to happen they have to find a way to get their hands on the ball. Something Coach McDaniel's talked about, something we've talked about, Coach Graham has talked about, everyone has talked about getting your hands on the ball, hitting the quarterback or getting your hands on the ball, something that you got to have. And six interceptions is just not going to cut it. I don't care who your team is. I don't care how good your offense is. Getting six interceptions in a whole season is not is not going to work. You've got to be able to get more production than that. I tell the story all the time that Eric Allen told me. He said they used to go into training camp, and I know that they're not at training camp yet, but he said they used to go into training camp, and their defensive coordinator said uh, he threw out the number 20. Like, that's, that's the interceptions that they're looking for, 20 interceptions in a season. And sometimes you got it, sometimes you went over it, sometimes you went under it, but you had to have, like, a target number. And I've talked to players that say, yeah, they don't have target numbers. I've talked to defensive coordinators. We don't really have a number. I think that they should have a target. <laughs> I think that there should be a target because six ain't cutting it, right? Six is not enough. So, Damon, I'll start with you. As far as turnovers go, creating turnovers, getting their hands on the ball, and some interceptions, how many? what do you think is a reasonable number in 2023 for the Silver and Black to show that there's some kind of improvement in that area? More than six, but I guess I could say 12. 12 is reasonable. I think if they were going to set a goal, maybe that goal to really test the team and push the team should be 15. 
If they were, you know, I think yeah. 15 should be that number. If we can come out and get 15, everybody should be talking, you know, maybe have a, a tally in the locker room. 15 would be that number if this team really wants to push themselves. I think that should be at least the minimum number. And I know that that's more than doubling what they had in 2022, so that might be an unrealistic ask. But I still think it's an ask that you need to make, right? I, I don't think that you should take baby steps. And, and again, it might only happen in baby steps. They might go from 6 to 10. That's fine. But at least – they, they've got to shoot for a, a bigger number. And I, I know that in the game you're not necessarily going out like, oh, I'm going to get a pick in this game. But there's, there's got to be some kind of attention to detail when it comes to that because they just don't have enough. And, and they've got to, ha- they got to work with short fields at times. They've just, they have to. It's, it's such a difference in momentum. It's a difference in just the energy on the sideline when a big play like that happens. It's similar to me to when – like Josh Jacobs runs someone over and all the energy and all of a sudden the crowd or the, the sideline starts jumping up and down. They've got to have those, those, those moments, man, where you can look at that sideline and see everyone is energized because a big play just happened, right? I mean, what, what was it last season? Like Denzel Perriman came up with, what, two interceptions? Didn't he come up with two interceptions himself last year? I know Jerron Harmon had the pick six against Houston. Denzel, I remember having at least one. I thought he had he two. He had two last season. Yep. Yeah, he had two. So there's three already. So where did the other, the other three come from? I mean, that, that's bad. That one, can, Amik had one. Yeah, that's right. Amik had one against the Cardinals. That was week two. I remember that. He also got the ball and, and took it to the house. Uh, was that week? That wasn't week two. But he got the Ron Harmon had two as well. Okay. All right. Oh, no, yeah. it was two, two, and two. So, Deron had two, Denzel had two, and Amik had two. Wow. There you go. That's definitely not enough, right? <laughs> that's definitely not enough. And that is an area that if you look at a guy like a Marcus Peters who is in town, and I'm not saying that they're going to sign him, but he is in town. That's something that he's good at. Now, on the flip side of that, there's going to be times he's going to frustrate you, right? I mean, that's just the bottom line because he's always going to have his eyes on the backfield. He's always going to look for the ball, which is fine, right? I mean, there's going to be times, like I said, he's going to get burned. He's going to get beat. He's going to frustrate the hell out of you. But then there's going to be times where he's going to come up with a big play. So you take the good with the bad when you just know what it is when it comes to Marcus Peters. But, again, the production doesn't lie that he's had over the last few seasons when he had 15 interceptions and three, three taken to the house for pick sixes. So when you look at that, again, Raider Nation, I throw it out there to you. One, do you want the Raiders to sign Marcus Peters? And, two, what do you think is a realistic and reasonable number as far as interceptions based off the fact that they had six in 2022, which is clearly not enough. 805 Raider said on our don'tbebroke.com text line, if we could use some of the money we save from cutting car to sign Peters, it'll make it worth it. So let's go. And you know the thing about that, thanks, 805 Raider, I don't, I don't think it's going to cost a whole lot of money. I mean, Damon, I'm not looking at more than a one-year deal, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and if it's, if it's a two-year deal, it's more like a one-year deal with the option. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's really, realistically, you know, the guaranteed money would be like a one-year deal, and, and that's really it. I don't, I don't think that you're looking at Marcus Peters to break the bank at this stage. Most free agents that are signing in, in May, May 15th, after the draft, aren't signing for big money at this point. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm blanking on the name now, but the last lineman that the Chiefs just signed, where it was one of those players, I'm looking at Spotrack and saying, hey, he's probably around $15 million. The Chiefs got him for around $8, 9000000 million. Right. So for Marcus Peters, in the best world, if he had his market value, maybe he is a $10 million a year player. But this year, maybe five. Right, exactly. I'm looking at him, and it might not be as low as uh, what Casey Hayward was when he signed a few years back, but I'm looking at like a one-year deal like that, right? Almost almost a prove-it year at this point in this stage of the game because, again, I mean, the health has been a, a situation. He's getting a little bit older in the tooth, and that's just the reality of it, man. I mean, that's just how the NFL is. That's how pro sports are. Once you get to a certain age and you've been banged up a little bit, then, you know, that 
yesterday's price is not today's price. Well, sometimes today's price isn't better than yesterday's price. Yesterday's price might have been a little bit better than it is today as far as Marcus Peters goes. So I think that when it comes to just money and looking at the contract, I think that that would be very reasonable. I think the biggest thing for him is I got hit up on Twitter multiple times a day like, hey, uh, what do you think he has left in the tank? I think the physical is going to tell everything. I think the physical will tell all, right? I mean, and if the Raiders feel comfortable with him and when they, when they do the physical with him then, and they sign him, then, then there's something there, right? Then there's something there. But, again, I think the physical is going to tell all you really need to know about Marcus Peters. So there you go. Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. Again, what are your thoughts on Marcus Peters? Do you think the Raiders need to go sign him? And with the team only having six picks in 2022, what should the target number be in 2023? DeMond, you said 15, and that sounds a little high, but I'm right there, man. I'm thinking 15 to 20. And I know that that's unrealistic. Like, that's just all of a sudden, you know, being, you know, all of a sudden you're a turnover machine. Yeah, because when you asked me the question, you did say reasonable. Right, right. No, I know. And that's why I said I'm being unrealistic when I say 20, but I think that you should have an unrealistic number up there. Right? I mean, I really do. And they got to just – they've got to find a way to get the ball back to the offense. They they just – that's one area that they lack in. I mean, the, you know, the sacks are one thing, but the turnovers, and they all go together. They go hand in hand. If they can get more pressure, if Tyree Wilson could help bring more pressure to that defense, then, you know, the ball might come out of a quarterback's hand a little quicker. You know, Russell Wilson might get rid of it a little faster. Justin Herbert may have to throw it up a little quicker. You know, Patrick Mahomes may have to scramble and throw a ball in duress that maybe he shouldn't throw. And that's when you have the opportunity to, to get your hands on the ball. But the other thing is these guys have to be – they have to – to, to, to make the play. You know what I mean? There's too many times where the play has been there to make, and it just doesn't happen. And that's where Amit came up with a couple that was big. Deron came up with a couple. You kind of had that good idea feeling that he was going to come up with a, a couple. I actually expected last year for him to come up with a few more than he did. But, you know, he came up with two and had the pick six against Houston uh, to seal the deal. That was a, a cool little moment for him. So you've got to have more guys like that. And that's what I think that when they were going through the draft and they were getting guys and selecting them, I think that they were looking for guys with ball production. Now, I'm not saying all those guys are going to come in and immediately play, you know, like a, a Bennett who had, a, what, five interceptions the last couple seasons at Maryland, and, you know, Christopher Smith has had six interceptions the last couple seasons there at Georgia. You know, they're not all going to come in and just contribute like that right away, but you know that they have it in them to go out there and make those plays. Let's get a quick call in at 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Raider Rondez. Raider Rondez, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up? Hey, man. We need to sign Peters because we need uh, interceptions. Like, we need water here in the desert, you know? Yeah. I think it's been since 2016 where we had, like, maybe more than 10 picks, if I believe. If that, you know? Right. But that, that, that's the one big thing is that this defense has for a long time, no more than I can remember, we don't generate turnovers. And if we can get somebody who can get an interception and not drop the ball, you know? Yeah. Then please sign them immediately. Dave Ziegler. Bring, bring that town boy to Vegas, please. I Thank need you for interceptions. Yeah, I need no, I, I agree. Great call, man. Great call. And that's the thing. I mean, that's that's one of the elements of the team that has just been missing for so long is that guy that can create turnovers or multiple guys that can create turnovers. It just isn't there. And it's been such a long time since you had those ball hawks. And, you know, that's why during the draft process I was looking at guys that had a bunch of a bunch of interceptions in college. Right. I'm looking I'm looking at guys. and I'm thinking, oh, man, you know, if you go get this guy, at least you're giving yourself a chance because they're used to 
getting their hands on the ball. And so, of course, the, you know, the Raiders went out and made a couple selections in the secondary and Bennett and, and Smith. And, you know, they weren't early round picks, but they were still guys that had that production. And, again, I don't know how early they're going to get into the mix. I do think that they're going to be heavily involved at some point in the regular season. I just don't know, you know, how early they can work their way onto the field. Obviously, that's something they're going to have to work out during training camp and preseason. But uh, th- that's got to be – if they're going to – be a defense that's going to be worth the salt and get the ball back to the offense and make a few plays here and there and, and don't be, you know, the weak link of the team. They've got to find a way to create turnovers. So Raider Nation will ask you the question, do you think the Raiders should sign Marcus Peters? And out of six, they had six interceptions in 2022. What do you think the target number should be in 2023 for the Raiders defense? 69187, keyword r and Text line, hit us up on that because coming up next, we'll talk to Adam Hill from the RJ. We'll talk to him about the Raiders, the schedule. We'll ask him about that defense and turnovers. We'll do it all next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Back here at the VU Studios, Aces Media Day. It's Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I've had a good day already. Talked to multiple players from the Aces like Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, Kirsten Bell. Got a chance to catch up with Coach Becky Hammond. You'll hear those conversations throughout the course of the show. We've also thrown the question out there talking about Marcus Peters. It's apparently he's in town meeting with the Silver and Black. One, do you think that the Raiders should sign him? Also, looking at the number of interceptions the Raiders had in 2022, the very low number of six. Obviously, that's not acceptable. That's, got, that's way too low. It's got to be improved if this defense is going to want to take a step. So I ask you, what should the target number be in your mind in 2023? 69187, keyword r That is a Don't guy, Mike, hit us up on Twitter and said, watching Peters and McDaniels try to coexist would be must-see TV. That's from my man Mike on Twitter. Join us now on the phone lines from the RJ and also co-host on uh, Cofield & Company and our sister station ESPN Las Vegas is our good friend Adam Hill. And, Adam, I do appreciate your time this afternoon. And what are your thoughts, man? Marcus Peters in for a visit. you think he would be a good addition to the Raiders knowing that they don't create very many turnovers? Uh, yeah, look, I think it's important. But first of all, can we start somewhere else? I, I think it's very important to acknowledge, Q, that you do a great job on the show. You're unbelievable at what you do for sure. But um, you know, things don't run as smoothly as they do without Demon, and I think he's turning 35 today. So I think that's very important to acknowledge. <laughs> no, it is, and I, I don't know. I think what he say he's actually 27. I think Demon, okay. did you say you're 27? Yeah. Going on 35? I didn't say I'm 27. I am 27. One of my younger cousins texted me that he said, happy 30th birthday. And I'm like, hey, man, 30. And then Harry texted me and said, happy 30th birthday. And it's like, hey, guys, I'm not 30. Well, we need you to be 30. We need you to start acting like you're 30 years old. We need to get you on that 30-man-year-old responsibility level. But besides that, (laughs) happy birthday to one Damon, 27 years old. How about that? 35. He's 35. I think he's lying. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's no. He's he's still twenty seven. <laughs> Trust me, Adam. He, he he's still twenty seven. <laughs> well, he acts seventeen or sixteen. Well, there like yeah. a young twenty seven, some might say. Sure, you know. Uh, yeah. Does Demond want Marcus Peters for his birthday? I guess we can just turn it back that way. Uh, Demond, thoughts on that? Oh yeah, I take Marcus Peters for my birthday. I mean, if we could get him on the show, that'd be even better. Never know what he's going to say. That would be the biggest adjustment. How would he react to the, uh, let's say, as everybody likes to say, the Patriots West? If they're like, "Hey, Marcus, you can't say this, you can't say that." Yeah, look, 
to me on the surface, it doesn't sound like the greatest fit necessarily. Um, but I think as you alluded to, I think this is a team that needs playmakers in the secondary. They need playmakers all over the, over the field. It's very important. Uh, so, I, you know, I think in that regard, it would be good. I think the, the negatives you point out, I mean, it, potentially the fit. And also, look, again, I, and I've, I've said it many times, I don't know. I don't know that this team is Marcus Peters away from competing for a title. Right. And I think that's the position you kind of want to be in if you're signing Marcus Peters right now, right? I, I think you're, if you're like, hey, if we had that guy, we might, it might push us over the top, then you make that move. If you're still trying to develop a bunch of guys and trying to, you know, build toward competing maybe in a year or two, like I think the Raiders are, I don't necessarily think that might be the right signing. But if you're trying to win a couple more games, he could help. Yeah, no, I think he could, and, you know, the thing about him is, and, and Adam, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that they really want to do a lot of, you know, press man coverage. That's what Patrick Graham wants to do, and, and Marcus, Marcus Peters is really a zone guy that's going to have his eyes in the backfield at all times, and he's going to get burned at times, but he's going to make you a, a few plays. Do you think he'd be a guy that would be early, you know, good for early in the season to try to give the young guys an opportunity to, to grow, like a Jacorian Bennett, uh, Chris Smith, just kind of learn their role, and then, you know, maybe make way for the, the, the younger guys? Yeah, potentially. I don't know if that's the role he wants to fill now, but I think that would be what they would probably want of him, and that's probably what they're talking about over uh, at the facility right now is, you know, where exactly he would fit in, what they'd want out of him, and what they'd expect out of him. And, um, you know, I think you're right about the, the style of play uh, that the Raiders want to have, but look, they, they also, they know, you know, when they have players and they have certain players, they have to figure out how to best utilize them. So I don't think they're always married to that system necessarily. I think that's the baseline they look for of, hey, we want a guy that can, you know, get up and play press man and, and do that. But I think they also would say, hey, if we get a player at a position that we need, that we need playmakers at, that we can figure out how to use them and how to utilize them. And I think that's what coaching is all about, right? I mean, um, you have to figure out what your personnel is sometimes. And if, if that's the way they go, I think they'll figure out how best to deploy them. What, one more question on Marcus Peters. What, what kind of contract do you think at this stage of the game, 30 years old, you know, been banged up quite a bit, second year removed from a torn ACL, what kind of contract do you think he would demand at this point? <laughs> what would he demand or what's he going to get? I well, yeah, there right. you go. That's, that's, the better, that's the better way of putting it. What is he going to get at this stage of the game? Look, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of uh, done predicting contracts on veteran players because I was stunned what Odell Beckham got. Right. Like, I mean, if you would ask me the same question about Odell Beckham, I would have been like, I don't know, like probably, you know, one year, five million or something like that. And then he you know, kind of breaks the bank a little bit. So um, I would imagine Marcus Peters wants a massive contract. And I don't know anybody's he's going to give it to him. It's probably why he's still available right now. And uh, he's trying to feel around for what teams are going to, you know, are willing to pay him. I don't expect it to be a long term deal if he does sign uh, with Vegas. So, um, you know, I'm sure that that's kind of some of the stuff that's being ironed out right now, too. No doubt, no doubt. Adam Hill from the RJ is our guest here on Red Nation Radio 920. Necessary roughness, the birthday boy. DeMond's got one for you. The Raiders, they just signed another, let's say, practice squad receiver, but that receiver room, especially with the addition of Trey Tucker, how full can it get before training camp? Because I think that that's one of the rooms on this team where they should be secure and good there, but they keep tweaking and tweaking with the receivers. Yeah, every t- every move they've made this offseason, I've kind of been like, well, sounds like Hunter Redfro's gone. Well, <laughs> sounds like Hunter Redfro's gone. And like, Every move they made seems like it's it's pointing in that direction, and it hasn't happened. Right. Um, so look, I, it, it's a position where it's it's gotten very very valuable in the NFL. We know that. I think depth is incredibly important at that position. Obviously, wide receiver uh, at the bottom of the the roster, the bottom of the rotation, 
at wide receivers where you're going to find a lot of special teams guys and guys that can help out in other ways. So um, you can have a bunch of good receivers in your team. It's not, it's not a problem. Uh, you're going to be able to utilize them in many different ways and get them on the field and uh, put the ball in their hands and get them to make plays. So uh, having a bunch of receivers is not a problem, but it just feels like it feels like they're building a room where they're going to have to get rid of somebody. I mean, they are going to have to get rid of somebody, but they're going to have to get rid of somebody that you think is going to be a very key contributor. So um, I'm definitely watching it. I'm keeping an eye on it, but um, for right now, it seems like the, the room is overcrowded and you know things are going to have to be done there. If I had to get you to place a bet on it, do you think that the Hunter Renfro move, if it did happen, do you think it would happen before the season starts? I think if it happens, it's going to happen before the season. Yeah, I think it would honestly think it would happen before training camp starts, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest with you. So um, we'll keep an eye on it. I, I, look, I don't have any insight necessarily on it except for looking at it and saying, you know, I've heard both sides. I've heard that they love him and they want to they want to keep him, and I've heard that you know they're ready to, to move on from him. And um, I think if you look at the moves they've made, it would indicate that they're probably willing to move on from him. But, look, he, he's an unbelievably talented player. He's a yep. guy that resembles a lot of what they've had success with in the past. Like, that's a player that's almost prototypical of what you would say, hey, this is what Josh McDaniels has succeeded with. This is a guy that will fit in well with his offense. And, and obviously last year with the injury troubles, it didn't completely work out. But, um, man, it, it just seems like a perfect marriage. So it's a, it would be a bit odd that they move on, but – they just keep adding players there. I'm not going to lie. I would love to see a season where Hunter Renfro was healthy and what he could look like in this offense. Because, again, as yep. you alluded to, it, it, it seems like he'd be a perfect fit for what the Raiders want to do, but he wasn't healthy in 2022. Well, if, you, if you want to see it, uh, all you have to do is go turn on tapes of Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's what it is. And I think, look, as crazy as it is because of the production that those guys have had, like I think Hunter Renfro may be a more talented physical player. I agree like with the, the way that he can run routes, leading it open. The you know the stuff that he invents and creates, um, he's he's incredible. Uh, but like as you said, he didn't have a full year of being healthy in that offense, so we haven't been able to see it. So you know, you, for right now, you have to you know watch those old films and kind of dream. <laughs> right. What what could have been? What should yeah. be if he was out there and healthy and able to do what he does? Again, Adam Hill joins us here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. So I wanted to ask about the schedule. It dropped last week, and of course, you know, we all get up in arms when we go through it and say this is a win, this is a loss, this is a win and a loss. I don't know how many times I've gone over the schedule, Adam, and I've I've been anywhere from like 8 to 10 wins, and even that feels like it's high at times. I think DeMond had 7 last week. So when you look at the schedule, it looks like it's a pretty difficult one. Uh, what are your kind of biggest takeaways from the Raiders' schedule in 2023? Yeah, I think I've pretty consistently been at seven or eight, seven, probably the more likely uh, in my mind when I go through it. Um, but, yeah, it's look, we knew what the teams were going to be, obviously. I do think, if anything, you're more optimistic about the season uh, based on how the schedule is laid out than you would have been ordinarily uh, because one of the concerns you had is, okay, when are the really cold weather games going to be? Yep. And they kind of got a break there, right? I mean, they're earlier in the season, Chicago and Buffalo – uh, fairly early. Obviously, Indianapolis is late, but that's inside. You get Miami late in the year where, sure, it's still humid, but it's not going to be like an overwhelming you know, outdoor heat that you're playing in. Um, I think, you know, weather-wise, you probably got a, a, a rather favorable schedule. I guess the one thing is you could have gotten Buffalo in London instead of Buffalo, which would have been maybe a little bit uh, more winnable, but uh, you end up playing in Buffalo, so that's probably a downgrade. And then, you know, three of the first four on the road is rough. Uh, right, because if you if you do start, you know, one and three or zero oh and four, like you're just so buried that it's so hard to get out of that mentally and 
you know, it's the, the, the game starts to wear on you a little bit more. So I think that's a bit unfavorable. But for the most part, you look at it and say, hey, it's manageable late in the year. I think like for like eight weeks, they only leave Vegas once. Uh, so if they can if they can stay afloat, then it gets pretty favorable favorable at the end of the year. So I think those are some positives. And um, yeah, I think that, I think that's how you kind of look at it. And uh, fortunately, you know, those of us Q that are on the road don't have to deal with Buffalo and uh, <laughs> uh, and Chicago late in the season. There's no doubt. I do think in those first four games, man, I think that they need to do everything they can to get out of there two and two. I think they just got to start off the season uh, at least at that that kind of a pace because, as you said, if you get you know, one and three or zero oh and four, man, you're in such a hole. It's hard to dig yourself out of that. Two, two and two. That is, two and two would be a great, great outcome for them. Yeah, for the I agree. Four. I think it'd be fantastic. And you know, like we said, the, at the end of the year, you're home for a lot of those games. So you just got to stay afloat. So two and two would be staying afloat. I just think that's a lot to ask, man. That would be that'd be tough. Yeah. You mentioned optimism in your last answer there, Adam. So I've got to ask you, how optimistic are you that the Raiders' number one draft pick, Tyree Wilson, will start the season healthy? I mean, I think you have to – look, we're not doctors. We haven't seen the x-rays. We don't know much about it. Um, I've talked to people on both sides. I know, you know, the, the Chris Collinsworth comment that was on that uh, PFF draft night coverage uh, certainly would concern everybody, I think, if you you know if you heard what he was saying and what he was talking about and that some teams had completely removed him from their draft board, believing he's never going to be healthy. Um, I, I don't think that's the case. I'm, I'm, I'm certain the Raiders don't think that's the case. <laughs> right. Uh, he said, you know, he should be ready for training camp and he should be good. So I think you have to, you know, trust that there's some faith inside that building that he is going to be good, that he's going to be fine. They, if they didn't think he was going to be healthy for this year, I don't think they would have taken him where they took him. So I, I, I think that they're confident that he's going to be able to play. It's just one of those things like you hear, you know, foot, back, uh, those are the kind of things where you say, man, is that going to be a forever thing? And um, I'm, I'm sure that there are some people concerned about it, but uh, the Raiders clearly aren't because they would not have made this move if they had any concerns about that whatsoever. I don't, I don't think if you told them he wasn't going to be ready for the start of the season, I don't think they would have taken it where they took him. Last one for me, Adam. How excited for you on a scale from 1 to 10 for the Vanderpump Rules reunion? The reunion or the final episode? It's two different things. No, I'm more excited for the reunion. I kind of want to get the final episode out of the way. Just give me that reunion now. Me too. Uh, <laughs> look, the final episode is going to be good. I I can't believe we have to wait a whole other week after this. Uh, it's. I mean, you said 1 to 10. I, it's not high enough. The reunion, I'm like <laughs> at a, a 17. Um, everything I've heard about what went on at the reunion is just going to be wild. Uh, the final episode, I think, is going to be pretty good, but... Man, it's going to be tough to even beat last week's conversation between Raquel and Ariana, which was so tough to watch. It's so difficult knowing what happens right after. Uh, that was wild. Q, are you in at all? I have no idea what you guys are even talking about. I'm, <laughs> you, guys, you guys are talking in a different language right now. You guys are speaking a different Q, language for me. Let's, we have to sit down. Me and, me and Q, or me and, uh, and Devon will talk you into this. You have to watch these last two episodes. Even without context, it is going to be explosive and tremendous. This is this will get you ready for uh, for football season. It's going to be very very conflict filled. I don't even know. I, I I barely even caught the name of the show that Demond's talking about. Vanderpump Rules. What is that? <laughs> what is it? Adam, explain. It's it's a it's a reality show that started. It's about a decade old now. Uh, it was a show about like a young you know wait staff at a restaurant, a wait staff bartending staff at a restaurant in Hollywood, uh, run by Lisa Vanderpump from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. This is a, a lot of information. Uh, to take in, but um, 
it was look, it kind of got stale a little bit in that you know the last couple of years they've gotten older, they've moved on, they've left the restaurant, so it's kind of their families now. But there was an unreal cheating scandal that took place right after filming wrapped last year, and it became very public. It was, I mean, it was you know very TMZ worthy. It was all over the place. It's a real life thing, not a not a show thing. And so now they they filmed two additional episodes. They're going to be on the next two weeks that apparently just get completely out of control. All right, there it is. There's your little uh, your, your local Hollywood minute as well, uh, provided by Demond and Adam Hill. So there you go. I, I might entertain it at some point. I don't know when, but I might entertain it in between all of my 25 shows that I do here and there. I, I, I want to call out a local media personality today, okay. uh, uh, Q, because of this. Uh, Jason Feinberg from Channel 5 this morning, who I, I do love, he asked a question to Mariah Janos on the air, like about this, saying, "What is this all about? I don't even know." Jason, if you're listening, you know, you don't pretend like you don't know. You know, and it's going to be fantastic the next two weeks. There you go, Mike dropped. I like it, Adam. What do you got working on that we should be on the lookout for, my man? Uh, well, a lot of Golden Knights coverage right now, yes. so uh, so check that out for sure. And uh, obviously, a big Western Conference final series coming up, and. I did a breakdown the other day of every Raiders reference in the Chargers schedule release video. Oh, wow. Um, I probably watched it 30 times, and I, I found something new every single time. So, um, you know, check that out. So they're living rent-free in, in the Chargers' head. And I do say the Chargers did a really good job. I thought Tennessee did a really good job as well with their schedule yeah. release. So there you go. Social media teams having a lot of fun. Adam, fantastic stuff, man. I appreciate you. Sounds good. Better for rules. Wednesday nights. Bravo. <laughs> there he goes. Adam Hill and DeMond. We got a text from the don't, on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 209. Uh, he said, get them off the air, Q. It's a scripted reality TV show not worth a lick of time. There you go. I'm with you. Whoever texted in from the 209, I'm with you. I know nothing of these shows that you guys are talking about, and I think that you guys have too much time on your hands. So I'm going to need to get you a job, DeMond. I'm going to need to get you a little bit more work to do around the radio station. 248 is the time. Go ahead. Real quick, Adam, he posted it on his story last week that he was watching. It was 2 a.m. So, I mean, you got to fit it in. You got to find the time. No, no, I'm not doing that. 2.48 is the time. <laughs> that is the time. I'll take a quick break, come back, and hear from Chelsea Gray, the point guy. We had an opportunity to talk to her earlier today, myself and Willie Ramirez. You'll hear that conversation next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Coming up at 3 o'clock, former NFL offensive lineman Orlando Franklin will join the show. Talk about the Broncos really wanting the Raiders on their schedule to start the season off. What was that uh, all about? Sean Payton maybe trying to play a little bit of mind games, trying to prepare his team for the Raiders, especially since the Raiders have had their way with Denver as of late. So we'll talk to Orlando Franklin about that coming up at the top of the hour. But, again, we're here broadcasting live from the VU studios. It's the Aces Media Day. Damon Cotton's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Myself and Willie Ramirez have been all around this building today talking to multiple players like Kelsey Plum, Kirsten Bell. We also talked to Coach Becky Hammond. And we caught up with the point god, Chelsea Gray. Chelsea Gray and Chelsea, it's media day. We were here last year, and you guys were on a run. You guys went on a run, obviously, to win the championship. How's it feel to be back now as a defending champion? It feels great. Like, everybody taking pictures. It's a good vibe. Um, I'm excited for the video, talking, taking pictures. It's cool. The We talked a little bit the other day after the preseason game, but the vibe I saw the second the CP stepped on the floor, you two back together, it was an immediate, like, it just you could just tell that you guys were yeah. right back, like you picked right up. Yeah, like when she got announced, I was already out there. She came over to me and like we looked at each other. It was like, uh, like 
nonverbal communication like wow this is pretty cool and like we hugged <laughs> so the first game like the first regular season game is going to be pretty cool as well these ladies have an experience obviously a championship and then the year after how to sort of keep your head in check uncp have at in bay that sparks family within a family what what do what you what role are you going to try to take on this year and try to make sure everyone stays level-headed yeah it's it's there's a reason why repeating hasn't happened in 20 years like it's super hard to do you have a target in your back one until you know everything you got away with to win a championship last season and so you kind of like you can't do the same thing to get it done the second time um you have to come back with a different hunger uh moments and times where you feel like you could have been better that's what you try to focus on um sometimes but also like a, it's a totally different roster um it's a different vibe is it's totally different and so we got to start with the little things in practice and, and in games. So I asked Coach about being the hunted. We asked KP about being the hunted, and it's two different answers. So how do you train? How do you prepare as the ones, like you mentioned, with the target on your back now? You act like you're hunting. Um, you don't see the end goal, You get, but game by game by game, you act like you're hunting and you're trying to get your first one. How hard is it not to hear the outside noise, the hype from all of us saying how great this team's going to be? And, you know, it, it's we always talk about it. How hard is it to kind of channel that and keep that out? Um, in the beginning, like you would see it all the time when signings happen and you get excited and look forward to the end result. Right. Mm-hmm. But you lose out on the process. And that's what makes it rewarding at the end. Um, now, it's not that hard to block it out. Um, we see things. We hear things. Right. Um, but we just try to stay internal with it. The other day after the game, you and I talked about rivalries and the hype with the Liberty and the Aces. Sandy Brondello actually said, you know what, if they're talking about the WNBA in any fashion, it's good. It's at a peak right now. And how do you keep pushing it to the next, especially the Aces with being in the spotlight? Yeah, when you think about sports um, and people and fans tuning in, you look for these marquee matchups and like, where you want to go watch or do you want to go um, to a restaurant and go watch and bring other fans to the games like that's good for our league um, whether it's team rivalries or players right last year in the semifinals everybody was like Asia versus Stewie right and then you had a lot of eyes and it's great for our game to be able to do that Um, so we're going to continue that and, and do our part. There you go. That was Chelsea Gray, myself, and Willie Ramirez from a little earlier today here at Aces Media Day. You'll still hear from Kelsey Plum along the way, uh, Kirsten Bell, and Coach Becky Hammond as well. Coming up next, Orlando Franklin, former NFL offensive lineman. We'll talk about the Denver Broncos, talk about what a former NFL player did when he got the schedule in his hands. And, again, like I said, really want to talk about the Broncos wanting the Raiders week one. All that's coming up as we kick off hour number two. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.